Hello and welcome to John's Author Diary for the week ending July the 11th, 2021. Before we get going, I just want to say that I have started posting stories on my YouTube channel. So the first two are already up. So if you hit like, if you hit subscribe, the notification bell, you won't miss out on those. In terms of writing, I've had a busy week. I finished going through the edits of Black Death Survival. I now need to add about 10 more scenes to sort out some of the timeline issues. It's been an interesting process, sometimes frustrating, but ultimately satisfying, though I am really tired now. There isn't enough coffee in the world for how I feel. I did manage to do some rough outlining of book two of the Crucible of Shadows series, which has the working title of a murder of crows, but that will probably change as it does sound a bit too much like a mystery novel. So my plan is to have a decent outline for the second and third books in that series by the end of August, mainly because I've got to submit a brief for book covers. So get those written up, get them to the designer, just so I know what I'm doing and the designer knows what he's doing. In terms of reading, I finished Robin Hobbs' Rainwild Chronicles. Highly recommend that series. Even though it was a bit slow going to start with, it definitely made for a very good story in the end. I also listened to A Study in Scarlet by Arthur Conan Doyle, which is the first Sherlock Holmes story. I've read this several times before. This one was read by Stephen Fry, so he has done the entire series. And you can get it for one Audible credit, which is awesome. So I downloaded that. And I have to say, I always find this one a bit weird because you have the part of it, which is the usual Dr. Watson gushing over Holmes, recalling the tale. And then just slapped in the middle is a short story set in America, just to give you a backstory of the characters with no pretense of it being recalled by Watson. So a bit weird, but definitely worth the read. I also read a writing craft book called Writing Vivid Settings by Rain Hall, which was excellent. Uh, If you're a writer and you want to read a book on writing settings, this, for me, is the definitive one. So definitely check that out. Uh, I also finished the Black Gods Anthology, which was a collection of fantasy stories about thieves, assassins, mercenaries, all that stuff that is in my wheelhouse. So that was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. There's some excellent stories in there, particularly by Joe Lolo, Michael J. Sullivan, Anthony Ryan, people like that. Uh, I read that as part of my ongoing Ray Bradbury challenge, which if you've been following me for a while, you probably know about this. But if you haven't, this is where you read a short story, a poem, and an essay every day. For a thousand days. This is the second time I've done this, and I'm currently on day 339. So I'm a third of the way through the second challenge. So it's definitely worth doing. It's taught me a lot about writing. It's probably the best thing I've done as a writer just to learn how to construct stories, how to get ideas. You know, there's a lot in poetry that gives you solutions to problems in writing and to just spark little ideas that you wouldn't necessarily get if you just read novels. Next week is the final week of the school term. So unless my son gets sent home to isolate for COVID stuff, then my aim is to write those final scenes for Black Death Survival. 
then I'll do what is called an audio edit, which is where I get Zoom text to play the manuscript to me. And then I can make any final tweaks before sending it to the editor. Now, I really hope I get this done by next week because it's been hanging over me since 2017. I think it just needs to be done. I'm happy with the story, happy with everything that I've done to it. So it's just a case of getting that final push, getting the final stuff done, and then getting it out there. So I've had no questions this week, but if you do have a question, you know, ask in the comments, I will answer them on next week's show. Remember to like, subscribe, and do check out my stories I've started posting. I've posted the Gibson Continuum and Eating. They're on the YouTube channel, so check those out. So until next time, cheerio. The Gibson Continuum by John Cronshaw. Read by John Cronshaw. The sky above the port was buffering. I brought up my hood and stepped into the squid and mashed potato. The decor was all straight lines and battered sofas. The barman had Bart Simpson hair and a Tim Curry smile. What can I get you? he asked. Just a beer, I said. The squid and mashed potato don't do just a beer, said a girl perched at the end of the bar. She wore Terminator mirror shades and a tank girl tank top. She sipped her beer. We have our own microbrewery, the barman said. We've got a new beer on draft. It's called the Steve Guttenberg Project. Fine. My hood flashed as 17 credits vanished from my account. The barman pulled the wooden beer tap slowly as the glass filled with nut brown beer. A Huey Lewis and a news song flared through the bar's hidden speakers. Not the pair of love, the other one. Thanks, I said. I pulled up a bar stool with a warm leatherette seat and tasted the beer. It was okay. How's the beer? the barman asked. It's okay. I turned to the girl. She was reading one of those analogue books with the words printed on paper. What you reading? New Romancer, the girl said, not looking up. Like Duran Duran? The barman smirked and rolled his eyes. The girl closed her book. What? Her tone was short and patient. I'm Kevin, I said, holding out my right hand. Like the kid in Home Alone? I sighed and sipped my beer. Do you enjoy being confusing? She said. I shrugged. When I can. The girl smiled with her lips sexed all pink and her teeth like chrome. What do you do? I'm a self-contained multimedia node. Blogger, blogger, brogger. I reached for her hand to send to my channel, but she moved it away before I could touch her. I've got a lot of followers. Oh. She reopened the book. Oh? Oh, the girl repeated. Why oh? Because we're all the same, she shrugged. We're all multimedia nodes, doing new media, remixing old media, shifting paradigms. It's always new. It's always boring. It's so mid to late 90s. Oh, I snapped a video of her sighing over her book and posted it onto my channel. What's the book about? The girl shook her head. It's cyberpunk. It's about computers and cyberspace and stuff. It's retro. Cool. That's what I'm doing my piece about.
what? Cyberpunk, speculations on a pre-singularity internet, that kind of thing. I gave her my best warm smile. And you've never heard of Neuromancer? She glared at me. Don't you think you should have done some research first? I rubbed the back of my neck. Well, I've only just started. The girl snorted a laugh. I'd already received 30 likes on my video of the girl sighing over her copy of Neuromancer. Can I see? I gestured to the book. She passed it over and I felt its weight. It bore the pallid, elfin face of a woman with blank white eyes. She's got your hair, I said, handing the book back. It's the look I'm going for. I take it you still got your pupils, though. The girl raised to mirror chaise to show big mangarines. I saved the image. Beautiful. Do you want to help me hunt ghosts? I asked. Not really. She gestured to yawn. What kind of ghosts? I slipped my beer. The ghosts of cyberpunk. CompuServe, MS-DOS, WordPerfect, the information superhighway, Windows 3.11 for work groups, Nokia 3210s, Bolt, floppy disks, the Millennium Bug, Hamster Dance, AOL CDs with 20 hours of free internet. I waved a hand, you know, cyberpunk. The girl sneered. That's not cyberpunk. She touched my hand and sent me a barrage of content. Gibson novels, a guy with a green mohawk, a Nintendo power glove, Stephen Hawking saying something about space in a robot voice, a picture of Ronald McDonald wearing a Nazi uniform, the dog from Duck Hunt, a Commodore 64 covered in sick, a bag of amphetamine sulfate, the video of Wired for Sound by Cliff Richard, and wires, lots of wires. I jerked my hand back as the opening lights to a little respect blared through the bar. This sums it up, I said, gesturing vaguely to the hidden speakers. What does? It's about erasure. It's all about the traces of the past that linger, even if you think they're gone. We're just building on old foundations, but they're not up to the task anymore. I know exactly what you mean. The tone was flat, listless. It's like Derrida's ghost is hovering in the sidelines, flickering in the shadows, sailing in and out of weeks. He's not here. He's not there. He's gone. But he's still somewhere, you know, always out of reach, always slippery. The girl hesitated, went as if to say something, and then sipped to beer instead. You can't see it, but it exists, I said. I downed the rest of my beer and got up from my seat. Can I get you anything else? The barman asked. Have you tried the Mark Wahlberg salad? No, what's that? The barman met my gaze. Inconsistent. I nodded at the girl and stepped outside. A semi-transparent DeLorean DMC-12 sped by at 141.622 kilometres per hour. The car disappeared with a bright flash of electricity and dodgy special effects. Two parallel trails of ignited lighter fluid following in its wake. Accessing my hood, I replayed the scene, but the DeLorean was never there. It was another ghost, another spectre, another mirage of my subconscious overlaying my subjective perception of the augmented reality construct with outdated references. This wasn't my nostalgia. The video of the girl sighing over Neuromancer 
was now to almost a thousand likes. At least things were looking up. I turned and the girl was standing next to me. Did you see that? The DeLorean. She shook her head. No. Oh, fancy getting something to eat? Sure. The ghostly triangle of a star destroyer rumbled overhead. Now I know you could see that. I see the ghosts, she said. Reality shuddered, glitching for a brief moment as my mind auto-saved to the cloud. Sorry, what? The ghosts are getting brighter, more frequent, don't you think? I nodded. But why? Maybe that's what you should do your piece about. I shrugged. Every time I rewatch a scene, the ghosts aren't there. Look at this guy. I gestured towards a semi-opaque T-1000 as it ran by with quicksilver flesh. Now rewind. The girl waved a dismissive hand. I know. I've tried it so many times. But they're not real. If they're not real, how can we both see them? Just because they're not real, it doesn't mean to say they're not real. That doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. I sighed. Where shall we eat? The girl shrugged. I know a place. Cool, I said. Lead the way. The girl turned on her heels and walked back into the squid and mashed potato. You need to try the Mark Wahlberg salad. We returned to our former seats. I pulled up the image of the girl's mangroves for a second. Beautiful. You never told me your name, I said. I know. Same again, the barman asked. I nodded. Another 17 credits left my account. And you? The barman smiled at the girl. Same. We'll probably have one of the Wahlberg salads. To share? The girl shrugged. Do you see the ghost? I asked the barman. The barman glanced up and placed the beer in front of the girl. Like those? I turned as four blocky, two-dimensional ghosts flickered by and chased a translucent Pac-Man through the wall. The girl and I exchanged glances. Did it record? I asked. They don't, do they? They're just echoes, the barman frowned as he placed the beer before me. I took a sip. It was okay. Where did they come from? The girl asked. The barman shook his head and turned his back to us. The girl sipped a beer. As she placed the glass down, the faint trace of her sex doll lipstick remained on its rim. Maybe that's it. I pointed to the smear. What? I reached and picked up the glass, holding it to the light. I showed her the smear of lipstick. Semiotic ghosts, I whispered. So? They must come from somewhere. There must be some kind of residue. The girl sighed and snatched the glass back. I see. I just don't see how it helps. The barman cleared his throat and placed a large bowl between us. He laid out a pair of forks and a napkin. The salad smelt good. There was a scent of lemon and a vinaigrette dressing. I pushed my fork into an area heavy with leaves and a cherry tomato and took a mouthful. This is good. It's okay, the girl said. I took another mouthful and spat it into my napkin. That's disgusting. The barman chuckled. You don't get consistency with Mark Wahlberg. I checked my hood. The video of the girl sighing over her copy of Neuromancer had reached over 7 million likes. 
I called up those manga eyes again for a second and then watched the other end of the bar as a flickering ghost of Ralph Mauchio worked on his crane kicks. This is ridiculous, I said, slamming a hand down on the bar. There must be more to this. If I've learned anything, there must be some kind of conspiracy, some evil corporation, NASA, the government, the CIA, the NSA. The girl sighed and opened her book. Maybe it's David Icke, risen from the dead. This is serious, I snapped. This is stupid. She angled away from me. Fine. I rose to my feet and down my beer. The barman looked at me with a raised eyebrow, his Tim Curry smile still fixed. You're not joking about these ghosts, are you? No, I'm not. The hairs on the back of my neck prickled. The girl picked around the tastier parts of the salad. The first notes of Rush's Tom Sawyer blasted through the bar. This is real, isn't it? I gestured to the music. Of course, the barman said. Can I get you another beer? I nodded and slumped back onto my stool. I held my head in my hands as the barman poured the beer, 17 credits leaving my account. I really thought you were joking about the ghosts, the barman said. It's okay. I just need to get my head around it. It's a bug with the latest update. They're working on a patch. Don't you check the news feeds? The girl laughed. Oh, I checked my hood and deleted the video of the girl sighing over New Romancer. A dead channel. Buffering. Mm -hmm. 